know, talk to me a little bit, man, about like what you've seen so far you know, in Memphis' first four games. Um, I know, you know what I mean, you watch them pretty heavily, um, you know, from the starting, from the rotators, uh, from guys switching and out of the lineup. Like, if you, if that was your team, give me your, your starting five. Give me your kind of ways of playing and kind of like your overall view of like what you saw so far. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously we all had pretty high hopes for this for this group coming into this year because they're a year older. They're bringing back the majority of their roster. Now, Precious is gone, and 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 that's losing a lot. I mean, 15 and 10, he's AAC player of the year, freshman of the year, so you're losing a lot. But what you're losing, you're getting a year older. You add a guy in Landers Nally, the second from Virginia Tech, who led an ACC team in scoring. And you also add, you know, a top 10 big man in Musa Cisse. So you still feel pretty good about, you know, where you're at as a roster, even though you lost, you know. I mean, if you want to count James, but they were playing with James for the majority of the season last year, so they got used to it. Um, but you do lose a first-round pick. So all that considered, all that being the case, I still think you feel really good about where you are from a talent perspective um, going, into this, going into this year. Um, but, but four games in, and, and, you know, five games in, the reality of the situation is um, there has not been this sort of you, – you were hoping that there were roles that had been established. Okay, this is what I need uh, Landers Nolly to do. This is what I need Lester Quinones to do. This is what I need Boogie Ellis to do. And, and, and he's had those conversations. We know he's had those conversations, Penny Hardaway. But for whatever reason, uh, it's not stuck. And he's still trying to figure out, you know, what his best rotation is, what his best lineup is. And – you know, I think the, the obvious move was to sub out Alex for Damian. Damian Ball is just a is just a, a bigger, more explosive, better finisher than Alex Lomax. That's I still think there's a place for Alex Lomax in college basketball. I still think there's a place for Alex Lomax on this team, but it wasn't as the starting point guard for this group. And I think you saw that uh, certainly in South Dakota. Um, honestly, because the way that he's been playing, I really need to wake him up. My five right now would be Damian Ball, Boogie Ellis, uh, Lester Quinones, Landers Nolly, and Musa, which means I'm putting DJ Jeffries on the bench. And that sounds sacrilegious to a lot of people who are watching this and listening to this right now. But the truth of the matter is, is that I know he's too talented to be out there, you know, shooting 30%, shooting less than that from three. Uh, I need to wake him up. And you know this as a former player that there aren't many ways you can motivate but the bench is one of them. And, <laughs> and so, I'm, honestly, I would have to look at that if I'm Penny because he's better than, than what he's, he's been so far, and they need to find out how to get the most out of him. Yeah, man, I agree, man. I, I think for me, like I said, I, watching it from my – like I said, again, I went through it and playing for Coach Kyle. Yep. I remember like yesterday uh, after the Midnight Madness, that Friday or whatever, we had that shebang. The next morning, the first official practice, he's like – we sat down in front of his desk. He had an offense, and they were like, "He just defined roles." Antonio, you're a defender. You, you do X, Y, Z. Chris, Chris is gonna get all the shots, or yep. D Rose is gonna get the shots. So you know what I mean? Like, so you can't be jealous. You know what I mean? You gotta kind of understand like what's going on. I think personally, like watching, I felt like Western Kentucky was decent, but we should have beat him. Same with VCU, but I just thought it was more of like. Oh, he just shot the ball two times. I got to shoot it two times. Like, they all kind of – they're not playing for one another. They're, like, out for number trying to get to the league. They just see two of the boys get drafted in the top 20 in the draft. And, you know, kind of that that, that kind of raised through some, some kids' minds a little bit. Um, but I think as well, like you said, 
you know, Damien Bar, Boogie, those guys gotta be. They bring so much energy. Bar brings so much energy. It's, it's insane. Uh, I mean, like going into tonight, they play Central Arkansas. I was watching other seeing some things like Central Arkansas got like five of their top scorers coming back. I feel like tonight could be a good test for them against a, a low major school who is going to try to come in and steal a win tonight. What do you think? No, I mean, look, these three games, um, going back to uh, earlier this week against Arkansas State, then you've got Central Arkansas on Friday night, and then you're playing Mississippi Valley State, who was the worst team in Division I. Um, you need to use these three games to just destroy everything in sight. And find a way – and listen, you know, I know, these games don't mean shit, right? I mean, no, nobody's watching these games and saying, all right, Memphis wins by 29 against Arkansas State. They're back. But but it might be a great way for, for you know, like you talked about, Boogie Ellis taking some shots, seeing them go down. DJ seeing some shots go down. Um, you know, Lester had damn near a triple-double uh, against Arkansas State. I mean – even though those opponents, you know, are not even close to being good wins for Memphis on a tournament resume, they might be good wins from a morale standpoint. When you go one and two in South Dakota and basically get your brains beat in by a VCU team that was picked ninth in their league, I mean, you got you to gotta boost your, your confidence, your morale some way, somehow. Um, and Penny can say everything he wants, but it's got to get done on the court, right? And so I think you got to use these three games as get-right games. And and so far, so good for Memphis. I expect that to be the case against Central Arkansas. This is their first game. All four of their games before now have been canceled because of COVID. So, I mean, again, if you're Memphis, you should absolutely kick their ass. I mean, to me, there's no, there's no other alternative. I mean, you are way too talented not to. Same thing with Mississippi Valley State. And then you're going into a big game against Auburn. Now, Auburn's not who we maybe thought they would be um, when the game got scheduled, but that's still an SEC opponent. And if you lose that game, you're going into conference play four and three. Well, that looks a whole lot different than five and two. In a year like this one, you don't want to have to go, you know, 16 and four in, in the AAC to make the tournament, right? You don't want to be in that situation because I'm not sure 19 wins, I'm not sure 18 wins this season gets it done for the tournament. I just, especially in a weak AAC. So you want to leave yourself, you know, a little bit more room for error in conference. And so what they really need to do, Antonio, is just destroy Central Arkansas and then destroy Mississippi Valley State. And then they need to win against Auburn in a neutral site. I mean, that's, you know, obviously you take a game by game, but that should be, you know, this month's objective for Penny Hardaway, just getting out of non-conference play with five wins. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, man, and I, I'm going to keep – Going back to my senior year, because I remember, like, guess we were in the same boat. We lost yep. Joe Percy. Yep. Derrick Rose. And similar how they lost some, some powerful players. Getting to the national championship, we bring in just Tyreek Evans. Yep. Um, and, and Wesley Witherspoon. And we're, we're juniors and seniors with some of these young guys. And we, we go to Puerto Rico and we, we play, we beat Chattanooga by like one. And then we lose to Xavier in the championship. Yep. I remember, like, we get on the plane and Coach Cal's like, we got to figure this shit out. How are we going to do it? So we got to practice the next day. And we were scheduled. Like, we played, like, Lamar and, like, a couple other. And and he just told us, like, I'm not taking you guys out. He, like, I'm not rotating much. Like, we're going right. to get this shit going. And we ran off and won, like, 21 straight games. And oh, we that's had- exactly right. And, and honestly, it was because 
and you know this, but it was because Cal tried Tyreek at point guard. Yes. I mean, he, and, and that's the thing with any coach, right? Like, yes, you have a certain vision for how you think it should look or how it should be, but if the results don't match what you think they should be, you got to be one to try and change. And he, he had me at the point. I remember like I said, we, I told Coach Ross Strickland at the time, I said, Coach, I got to get up. I cannot play the point. <laughs> you got to move me. So, yeah. like, Coach Strickland used to always tell Kyle, like, we got to get Tyreek at the point. But, you know, Coach wanted him, you know, on the wing to catch and kind of score a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, look, Tyreek, man, we don't care about you not passing. He, like, go score. We need you to score. Exactly. And, you know, I think sometimes it takes teammates to make Atlanta's gnarly or yeah. so EJ to feel, like, comfortable. Um, and I think some of those guys have to, like you said earlier, define their role and also know, like, we're not going to win many games, big games, if Landers and Boogie and these guys and DJ and these guys aren't playing at the top of their game. 100%. And I think that's something the other guys who are on that team have to sacrifice their want for points, you know, yep. for those guys in order for the team to win. Well, and that's what's that's what's so hard, right? I mean, because the the it's a, it's almost a self fulfilling prophecy. When you were in at Memphis, I mean, all you knew was winning. That's it. I mean, since the day you got there, and so it was a lot easier for you. And you and you you had one of the most decorated college basketball careers of all time. But it was a lot easier for you to buy in to the system because the system was proven. You had been to an Elite Eight. You had been to multiple Elite Eights. You had been to a national championship game. So you knew, hey, I'm going to have to do this because I know it's what it requires. These guys aren't there yet. They, don't, they haven't been to an NCAA tournament. So you, we, they do have to sacrifice. There's no question about it um, for this to work for the greater good. Like you would like, to be quite honest with you, you know, like you said, hey, Landers is going to be our shot maker. He's going to be the guy. He can, he can score better than anybody else on the team. But – Look, DJ's got pro aspirations. Boogie's got NBA aspirations. You know, all these guys have, have NBA or professional aspirations, and they're just still so young where it's it's harder for them to come to grips with what it takes uh, at this level. Uh, certainly, I think they can get it uh, because you're learning from, you know, one of the NBA icons. Who knows more about what it takes at the professional level than Penny Hardaway? So I'm assuming he's hammering that home day in and day out. Um but we just haven't seen that yet. And it's early. I mean, you're talking about sophomores, right? It takes time. Um, and, and, and it takes time to establish that system. You just hope that, you know, over time and certainly over the season, uh, they, that comes into more view. I, I think sometimes too, man, like, you know, like, you know, like we said, uh, you know, some things take time and things of that nature. But me personally, when I watch, like, when you come to a Memphis or you come to a, a Arkansas or Cincinnati or what Duke or anywhere, you coming out as a freshman, or you come in and you're in that rotation. You gotta, you gotta be ready right then and there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're coming in with, you can't be mad if you know you're not playing if you're not performing. You know what I mean? I think a yeah. big part of it for me, you know, watching this year from last year, you know, you know, Penny's the head guy. You know, he's doing what he's doing. You know, they come off. You know, you got some some coaches that some great coaches there, but Mike was a big piece, and like a lot of those kids coming off sitting next to Mike, Mike being in the ears and things of that nature. You lose something like that. How difficult do you think that might be for some of the guys who relied on Mike last year, being on staff? You know, always being able to have him, and I'm sure he's probably still involved, but you know, not being there physically anymore. Right. How's that? You think? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime there's, I, mean, I just think staff, like if you, if you can avoid staff turnover, 
it's kind of a, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because you want to build a coaching tree. You want to build out something where, you know, you, you can get uh, my dogs making an appearance here where you can, <laughs> where you can get, you know, guys to say, Hey, Memphis is a place I can go as a coach, you know, and learn from Penny and get a job somewhere else. Right. And, and, and eventually get to a place where, you know, Memphis becomes a launching pad for these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you also need stability. Uh, you need a, 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 and that's one of the things about Cal, bro. I mean, you know, like there was very little, I mean, there was a little bit of turnover, but he always had Robic, right? Like he always had Robic and he always had DK until he got the, you know, until he got the head coaching job, you know, and I think Robic is still with Cal, you know, so, and, and, and that's probably Tony Madlock for Penny, but, but the, the point remains is that you want, um, you don't want to be turning assistance over year in and year out, right? I mean, Sam Mitchell was here for a year. He's gone. Mike was here for two years. He's gone. Again, it's part of the business. It's part of the uh, of the industry, and you want a coaching tree. But certainly, I mean, those guys have relationships, and, you know, it, it, it's for a long time. I think where it hurt Penny the most, and, it, and, and maybe it, it didn't even, but he had two assistants, as you know, you know, for the majority of the summer. You know, and they and they ended up hiring Jermaine Johnson in that spot. And Penny says it's temporary, but I just think it's it's a lot harder when um, you only have two guys on that bench. Yeah, definitely, man. Like, sure, that's that's the crazy part. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I was just in Memphis when I when I seen the uh, I know JJ from when I was there. You know, he's coaching high school. Yeah, um, he's a cool dude. So hopefully he can bring, you know, whatever they they need. You know what I mean for him to to kind of help that that young spot, man. But like if, if like, what do you think they're missing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, watching them play, like, you know, we, we talk offense, we talk coaching, we talk defense, like, like outside of the continuity, like, getting things together. Like, when you see certain players, certain lineups, you know, like you mentioned, the five you would like to be out there, you know, like, do you think it may be better playing Landers and DJ in different rotations, you know, or, you know, because, like, when I watch them, it's, like, kind of like a log jam a little bit, like, and yeah. he's one of my favorites too. I knew him since he was a younger kid. Like, yep. um, but like you said, I think got to be able to see him get going at some some point. Like tonight, you know, maybe hey, look, you should go out here and get twenty, no matter how many shots you take, so you can start getting in that that like that rhythm. Like, what are those, some of the things you see that those boys need to get going, like get done and get going? Well, I mean, you you kind of answered it, man. I mean, I would really, I mean, because it. Again, we're talking about college, so it's it's different. But you know, if this were an NBA team, right? You you have a you have a second unit that pretty much plays together for the majority of the game, and on that second unit, there is going to be a score. There is going to be somebody who just that is their responsibility. You're gonna have a backup point guard. You're gonna have backup rebounders, but you're gonna have a backup guy who just all his job: Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams. Um, you know, the list goes on and on of, of, of guys who come off the bench and, and, and just all their responsibility is to score. And I think that's, you know, I think they, they, they clearly want it to be Boogie, right? They clearly want Boogie to play that role. But I almost wonder if, if you don't need to try DJ as that role, you know, for a little bit at least and just kind of break up, like you said, Landers and DJ, because, you know, like it or not, they do a lot of the same thing. You know, I mean, they play sort of the same position. They're kind of the same size. You know, they want to do the same thing. And, and I guess maybe DJ is a better slasher uh, and better at getting to the rim than, uh, than Landers. But, you know, I would really use these next two games now 
um, to see, you know, exactly, hey, can it work with DJ? And, and, and again, you got – when you're dealing with Memphis talent, that's what complicates all of this, right? You know, it, it's just so much harder uh, to, to have those conversations because you got, you know, family and you got friends and everybody's watching. And so it's just more of a – it's more of a – of an ego blow when a Memphis kid goes to the bench, right? right. You know yeah. that. Um, and that's primarily why Cal really never tried to recruit Memphis because he didn't want to deal with it. He just didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> um, and, and so I would try that, but I, I just think, man, I mean, this team just, it, I really would like to see, I know what I'm going to get from them defensively pretty much every night. Yeah. And, and that's a great thing. Um, they're, they were one of the best teams in the country last year defensively. Uh, they're, they're still a top 25 team defensively in the country this year. One of the things we know about Penny is that his team's going to guard. I love that. That's great. You have to be able to guard. But I want to know what is their offensive identity? What is it going to be? You know, I mean, are they going to be a pace and space? Are they going to be a pick and roll team? You know, what do the sets look like when the, when the tough gets going uh, or when the going gets tough like, and, and you have to get a bucket? What are you going to run? Who's going to shoot the ball? You know, these are all things that I think have to be decided uh, still, uh, we don't have the answers to that yet. And so that's really what I would like to see, um, you know, in these next two games. Man, me personally, I would also love to see Lester be able to do more. I know he can do more. I'm saying in the sense of maybe be able yep. to give him the, give him the light a little more just to not do, do anything other than shoot threes. I feel like he's probably one of the best rebounders you well, can defend. Well, he does it all. Yeah. You know, he just, like, he just like, oh, sit in the corner, shoot a three. You know what I mean? And I feel like he can do a lot more. Maybe we got to kind of open him up a little bit and, like, get him going as well because he was a huge piece for us last year. And, you know, he's one of those guys who kind of played big in big games and, you know, can kind of sense a little frustration from everybody out there. And, like, so what does it feel like from the fans? I know you're on the radio out there. Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you get, you know, like from the fans? Because I know how tough they can be out there, man. Like, how's that take you know, on, those, on those guys? Yeah, all you ever experienced was the friggin' honeymoon, man. Your four years here were a smooth sailing. <laughs> all y'all did was win thirty games a year. Yeah, we 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 averaged. I say we averaged like 33, 34 wins a year, something like that. Yeah, so it was all it was all happiness and paradise when you were here. Um, I mean, I think fans, much like most people around the country, expect this to be a tournament year. Um, I mean, it's been. Do you know how long it's been since Memphis has been in the tournament? No. Do you know how long it's been since Memphis has been in the NCAA tournament? Probably like, what does it mean, like since 2012 or 13 or something like that, right? Yeah, it was 13-14. Or excuse me, 12-13. No, yeah, it was 13-14 was the year. So like six, seven years ago. Yeah, the uh, four yeah. kings year. So that's not, that's not supposed to happen to a place like Memphis. Yeah. Right. You're not supposed to be out of the tournament for that long. It's hard. It's hard to still be relevant when you're not in the tournament for seven years, for seven seasons, it's just, it's very difficult. Um, you know, and, and obviously Memphis has gone through two coaches. So when you're bringing back the bulk of your roster from last year that won, that won 20 games, you're adding a, an, a, you know, an all ACC guy, basically you're adding a top 10 big man in Musa Cisse. This needs to be a tournament year. And so I think Memphis fans are just like a little disappointed in that four games into the season it does not look like a tournament team. I mean, they might still be a tournament team because of the talent. And that's why we're even having this conversation because if Memphis didn't have the talent right now, like if this was a Tubby Smith team, I'd say there's no freaking way they are going to be able to do enough 
to make the tournament. There's just they're not dynamic enough. The good news for Memphis is that they are. We know they are. There's too much talent on this team uh, to to not actually be able to make a run at it. But I think that that's really the mood right now in Memphis is you know why do we not know you know what the best starting lineup is and why do we not look like uh, a tournament team? What what the hell is going on? So that's kind of where everybody is in Memphis. I think too, man. It gotta be. It gotta be. It should be a lot easier playing with no fans. I know like it's kind of, it would be like kind of like a scrimmage mentally, but just with uniforms. Um, but you know, you got to, you're going on a road now with no pressure. Exactly. No one's really like, you know, screaming and yelling all on your face, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, that works I, the other way too though. Huh? That works for the road team coming to Memphis. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, you so know, that's, that's it, the, the that bubble. Was, the bubble is going to, I mean, the bubble is going to expose you, you know, whether you're a good team or a bad team or a well-coached team or a poorly coached team, the bubble is going to – all that's coming off. It's tough, too, man. Like I said, I, I was there with Kyle for four years, and it was like I came in with Sean Williams and Trey Allen. Yeah. And then, you know, like he doesn't bring a, another Memphis kid in for two more years, which he brought in Pierre Niles. Yep. And then, you know, that was really about it. You know, he he doesn't really – he was always a big believer because he, he always felt like – like you said, there's a lot of pressure. Oh, you know, like, you see, why aren't you playing? Or, like, you know, you should be playing over that kid from Boston or that kid from Detroit or that kid from Chicago. Yeah. And, you know, he kind of brought us all together, man. He, he was always big on, you know, Cal was cocky in a way, you know, like. Sure. And, you know, he carried us over a certain swagger. And he wanted us to carry that same swagger. But, you know, like, you couldn't carry it if you're not performing, you know. And I think Penny brings such a great – posture to our program and because of who he is and you know everything he's done and the kids he's bringing in but now like you said like now these kids have to back penny up and these kids got to come on a hoop you know what i mean at the end of the day you know like i watch vcu you know i'm not gonna vcu eric main was my guy i'm texting him during the game i'm like you do the trash and he's like yeah but we're killing y'all and i'm like ah drive me crazy because yep. we should have beat them um you know what i mean well, let, that team is not that team is not good yeah, the big kid from, from West Kentucky, who's a monster, dominated us. You know, we couldn't get no – they were getting every offense rebound they wanted. It was just kind of tough to watch. So, I think, you know, Penny can only do so much. And now, you know, we all know, like, these kids tonight, even starting tonight, like, they got to come out and just play ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're yep. going to say what they want to say. I'm going to say what I want to say because, you know, like, we all going to say, but at the end of the day, if you don't come out and perform, that's – you know what I mean? Like, why, why are you playing? You know what no, I mean? That's Exactly. And, and, you know, I think it's important to, I mean, especially for Penny because he's a former player, man, and, and, and former players just, they have a, I don't know if there's like a a rooting for them to fail, but people are always more skeptical of the former players who come back and and, and coach, right? Patrick Ewing and, and uh, Chris Mullen and, and uh, Clyde and now Penny, of course, like, I think it's important for Penny to succeed just based for just based on on you know that group of folks because you know you want that to be you know a pool where you know future athletic directors say hey uh, let's let's get this guy in there he's a former player right I mean because you guys do know the game now on the same token and I'm not applying this to Penny because Penny's a brilliant basketball mind just because you played at a high level doesn't mean you can coach at a high level right just like like just because you can coach at a high level doesn't mean you can play at a high level so you know the, those two things always can, can be mutually exclusive but you know i think it's important just for the the former player right the 
the the archetype of former player continue to have success here for sure. So what do you think what do you think about the kid Williams that's, that hasn't been ruled eligible yet? You think is that something that Tigers are missing? I hear, you know, I wasn't able to see him play, but I hear you. very good talent could definitely help us when he comes back. Do you start him immediately? Do you bring him off the bench? Is he practicing? I, I don't know. Like I know you probably know some of those things. You can give me a little insight and everyone about like what's up with him. Yeah, I mean he's uh you know he's uh he's a guy that averaged 15 a game last year at Evansville. You know his game's a little goofier, a little bit more on on on. on unorthodox but he's somebody who would I think step in immediately and make a difference for Memphis because he's an upperclassman and, and we talked about who's willing to make sacrifices he feels like a guy who could kind of lead that charge you know he feels like a guy who could come in here and say all right this is how it needs to be done here's what we have to do he feels to me like he could actually be a leader on the floor because you know he's a junior he's older he's been in the college game um and his game is just a little different, for example, from Landers Nolly. Landers has been in programs, but Landers wants to score. You know, yeah. I think it's a little different with DeAndre. He can rebound. He can pass. He can score a little bit when needed. You know, he's older. I think he's like 22, 23, you know, so that is definitely a huge benefit. I think, I think they need him badly. And, uh, you know, Jeff Goodman had the report earlier this week that the oversight committee is going to recommend that all – transfers uh, get their waivers and are eligible immediately. That's not going to happen until the 16th. Um, but you hope that that goes through because I, I do think DeAndre would make a huge difference for this team, just on the, on the leadership quality, um, on a production quality as well. But, but just the, to me, having a guy who's been through the wars, older, is a young group still. They need that. Definitely, man. If you, if, let me ask you some questions, man. I know you, you know Tiger Hoops pretty well. You know what I mean? Like <clears> – <throat> What, what do you what do you stack this team you know to and I'm saying compared to the passers and the Tebby Smiths like is it I I, I what, you know like I look at it not from the coaching standpoint but from player wise and yeah I feel like they were kind of how like passers team was that year when he had Joe Jackson yeah. and all these, all these studs and everything was kind of fumbled a little bit like you know what I mean like how do you yeah. kind of measure those two up together? I noticed you didn't say compare it to Cal's teams. I noticed you just y'all y'all just y'all must be at a whole different level, huh? We don't get to compare them to those teams. Huh? <laughs> no, nah, man, we we you know honestly, like I said, man, like my freshman year, I came in. It was they had Rodney Connie and all these dudes. We they were fresh off that that year with D. Wash, Mr. Friedrich, Salute. Yep, yep. We I remember, man, we came in summer summer school, and D. Wash is my guy, man. Like you know, one of one of my one of my guys, teammate for two years. And he were at summer school and we're hooping. And like us, us freshmen killed the upperclassmen, Dorsey, Carney, uh, D. Wash, all these dudes. And it's yep. me, Sean Williams, the Longburg boys. We were deep. Dozier. Yep. And D. Wash, like, man, he started cursing, like, man, none of y'all know effing McDonald's All Americans. Or like, man, we got the same school. None of that shit matters. Yeah. And Cal comes down and he starts talking to us. And he told Darius, he's like, your attitude, the way you're carrying yourself, which is why we lost last year. These five or six guys are going to help us. Wow. He was like, yeah, right. Like, wow. And he was being, you know, he, I think he, he wasn't worried about no one taking his spot. He was just like, you know, Sean was like the big, big dog in our class. And, yep. you know, like he was more worried about Sean getting no shots. So, yep. man, like I said earlier, we defined Rose, the washers, the wash, and Coach Cow said, look, Sean Williams is our number one option. And D. Wash looked at him in our meeting like, 
you crazy. He goes, and if he's not getting the most shots, you would guys would not be playing. Wow. And so like Rodney Carney, who was our senior, our captain, just was like okay with it. You know, so as freshmen, we see it. And Rodney ends up being a first round pick, six exactly. man. He he, you know, he 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 got, um, got benched one game for missing practice. Chris Douglas went nuts. And me personally, I'm like, shit. It was my minutes. You know, like the next game, he misses class on a Friday. We go to Cincinnati. I have my career high. Monday morning, coach like these two freshmen start. Rodney, you're gonna be the six men. Rodney was just like, okay, coach, that's fine. So like for me, I'm like, oh snap! Like this dude's okay with this. He's like a preseason All American. Like, and Rodney just was so welcoming to winning. Like they weren't winning those first three years, and we were running off. You know, we get that. We we lose to Duke in the Garden. Yep. But we're still number two in the country, and D Wash at the same time like caught on like he was just like yeah man like we none of us you never heard none of us man like speak about stats speak about anything like it was more so winning everything we did Burger King we went to uh Blue City we went to Dyers we anywhere we went we were just 15 20 deep and I think that's what kind of helped build us to what well, we became Again, exactly because, yeah because it's hard for me to imagine that happening with this group that, that that's not to say they can't win together, but you, you telling that story about Rodney Carney coming off the bench as a freaking senior, as a preseason all American, he's a top 10 score at, at a first round pick from the university of Memphis. Yet he was willing to accept, you know, because Cal thought it was for the best coming off the bench as a senior, like, and, and, and it's no accident that you guys won to the degree that you won because that was the culture. That was the tone that was set. If, if, if Rodney Carney, right. One of the most decorated and one of the best tiger players to ever wear that uniform won't complain about coming off the bench to a freshman or, you know, who you were a three-star. It wasn't like you were, it wasn't like you were coming in here as some McDonald's all American, some entitled freshman that got to get minutes. I mean, like you were, you were unheralded. You earned your spot, yeah. but, but he still was willing to accept what was best for the team. And you know, if he can do it, literally anybody on this roster should be willing to do it. And so we'll see. Yeah, I agree, man. Like I said, it was just crazy for me because at first Sean was being very passive, and you know, coach was like we need you to score. You know, and like Rodney, those guys were like, man, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. And like I said, man, Rodney still had the green light, came off the bench within two minutes, three minutes. And he's, you know, he still led us. And he was our leading scorer still off the bench. Six right. minute a year in the league, played a year in the league. Yep. You know, 16 pick in the draft or whatever it was. Like him and Sean go back to back in the first round. Like, and, you know, like from then on, like, you know, I just kind of understood personally, like, man, listen, everything about me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, did I have dreams of going to the NBA? Of course, every kid does. But, like, I was so worried about, like, winning. Like, even Chris, the year he went bananas our junior year as All-American, like, he was my roommate all three years in college that we were – like, he was there. He hated shooting a lot. Right. Chris hated shooting a lot. You know, we used to be in the apartment. I'm like, man, you got to shoot the ball. Like, he's like, man, nah, I don't want – like, people thinking, like, I'm a ball hog. I'm like, listen, your job ain't to pass. You can't pass. You know what I mean? You can't pass. You're a scoring machine. 
And, you know, Chris just, you know, just accepted that. You know what I mean? I think, like you said, like this group has to maybe meet with themselves without Penny and the coaches and kind of figure it out because they got too much talent, like, to not be – like, if you lose to those Western Kentuckys and VCUs, it should be like, man, those teams played the game in their life to beat us. It shouldn't be oh, like we had no chance of winning. Like, you no, know, now, like VCU I, just and, – and, and one thing that I will say too, man, is that, you know, this is Memphis, so we react to every small thing, right? Yeah. It's, we're four games into the season. We'll be able to be five after tonight. There's still a whole year left to play out. Um, and, 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 you know, if you, if you want, you know, a little bit of, uh, and again, the, the teams are very different, but it's exactly like you said, that 08, 09 year, your senior year at Memphis, you guys, I think were four and three, something like that to start yep. the season, barely getting by Chattanooga. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like you can't figure things out. Y'all went on to make a sweet 16, um, and, and, and won 30 games and you went undefeated in your league. You know, so it's not like things cannot get figured out. It's just like, okay, what do we see right now? What are the indicators right now? Um, and unfortunately, um, they're not playing opponents at, that you would sort of use as a great baseline, right? They're not playing Houston. They're not playing Tulsa. You know, they're playing rat teams where they're just going to overwhelm them with their talent no matter what. Um, but, but what you hope, like we sort of started this show with is that they use these next two games before they get to Auburn as just basically pinatas, man, just beat the shit out of these teams and, and, you know, get some confidence going into Auburn. And then once league play starts, you know, who your best five is, you know, your best second unit is and everybody on that team, because right now I feel like only three guys know what they're supposed to do. Uh, Damian Ball knows what he's supposed to do. Musa knows what he's supposed to do, and Landers knows what he's supposed to do. And I think everybody else is kind of like, you know, what am I doing? Where do I need to be? And, again, I will forgive that because you didn't have an exhibition. You didn't have, you know, a, a preseason scrimmage. You just didn't have a regular preseason of, of preparation. So I can forgive that for now. But it needs to start looking better, and it needs to start looking better fast. Yeah, definitely, man. I, like I said, man, I appreciate I appreciate your time joining on with us, man. Oh, yeah, man. Anything for you, bro. You're a legend. Pleasure, man. Like I said, I'll be watching tonight. Hopefully, it's it's a, it's a whooping. You know what I mean? I think it should be. I don't care who's in the Arkansas guy. Scotty Pippen ain't walking through the door, man. It should be exactly. a 40 piece. Exactly. <laughs> but, John, again, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir, man. Be good.